1: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Nailer9 podcast. While Andrea is away this uh, month, we are going to be doing a few once-off special podcasts with uh, some special guests and some regular content as well. This week's episode is a chat with David Holmes, the Belfast producer and musician and DJ, who is with us to talk about 25 plus years of Let's Get Killed, his second album that was released in 1997. Now, Let's Get Killed is did celebrate its 25th anniversary last year during COVID lockdown kind of vibe. So as part of of kind of the celebrations of... What's going on with the album? There is an event taking place this Sunday, which is part of the St. Patrick's Festival. It is called INY and Guinness Storehouse present Belfast, New York at Let's Get Killed. David Holmes in conversation on DJ performance. In conversation with John Kelly, plus a DJ set, support from Billy Scurry. Basically, David Holmes will be there and then be chatting about the 25th anniversary of this record, Let's Get Killed, and playing some tunes as well. That event is pretty oversubscribed. We have a couple of tickets left, maybe on our Instagram, um, so I'm giving those away today, last minute, if you get to hear this first when it comes out on Wednesday. But that is on Sunday, March 19th in the Guinness Storehouse, Belfast, New York, and Let's Get Killed, David Holmes' conversation. Now, you don't have to go there to hear David Holmes talking about the Let's Get Killed, because we've got him right here for this uh, episode of the 99 9 podcast podcast. podcast. We're just going to talk about specifically Let's Get Killed and how it was made. Many people will know tracks like My Mate Paul, (laughs) Gritty Shaker, Rodney Yates Freak Nick. ...or the track Let's Get Killed. So the history of this album is one that involves... ...David Holmes growing up in Belfast... ...having a great record collection... ...a deep record collection... ...playing as a DJ since he was 14 or 15... ...in local pubs and bars... ...playing soul, jazz, rock and disco... And then releasing an album in 1995 called this film's Crap Let's Slash the Seats before going on to uh, spend some time in New York, which he tells us all about involving taking acid and recording samples. As David tells us, he was always inspired by uh, sampling audio and recording real life. And Let's Get Killed was the first time he did that. Of course, David went on to become quite a prolific producer of soundtrack music, including nineteen ninety eight Out of Sight, Uh, the Oceans 11, Oceans 12, the Oceans uh, series with Steven Soderbergh, all of those films. And has gone on to make soundtracks for Good Vibrations, the film about Terry Hooley. David Holmes also produced the Noel Gallagher album Who Built the Moon in 2017? And most recently Killing Eve, the British spy thriller starring Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer. Of course there is lots of other music we don't touch on here including one of my favourites Bow Down to the Exit Sign for 2000, uh, The Free Association 2002 and The Holy Pictures 2008. Um, But if you do stay tuned to the end you'll hear David talking about some upcoming David Holmes albums And just last year, he released the fourth album of his uh, alternative uh, music trio with Jade Vincent and Keefis Kianza called Unloved. They have released four albums now at this point, and some of the music in that was, of course, used in uh, Killing Eve as well. But we're going to focus on specifically Let's Get Killed. It's one of my favorite albums. It's a pretty prolific seminal dance album. It was one that I heard at the age of 15 or 16, just after it was released, and was so impressed uh, with the, its world building and its creation, and what it does with samples and what it does with music. So, we'll get into a bit of that. Here's a little bit of Let's Get Killed, and we'll talk to David Holmes after that. Five, five, eight, that floor salon
0: to the chromosome sneak up on your coast like coke and guns and tugboats pump the noise loud so i can hear myself think the strongest chain breaks as fast as the weakest link four beat
2: scales are measured a weight to obliterate frail minds i catch my life imitating hell sometimes while knowledge feeds to god like food because i write the real flicks of life i'll stab you with my tongue i
0: mean knife i'll stab you with my tongue i mean knife and I that Boom!
2: whatever keep me posted on the album you check me here numbers 212
1: or catch me out in brooklyn 718 4310840 daf David thanks for coming along and uh having a chat about a very important album first of all to me uh, I I think I heard this when I was just after it came out I think I was what 7, 15 maybe so uh, Let's get killed is what we're talking about. 25 years of that album plus. So can you tell me back to, you know, set the scene in terms of what you were doing in the lead up to that album? Um, obviously, you just released this film's crap, Let's Slash the Seats, around 1995 and uh, 1997. So what was the lead up to Let's Get Killed like for you?
2: Having made sort of this film's crap, I, I kind of, without even thinking, find myself using cinema. As, um, like uh, inspiration for my, from, for, for you know, for my own work, and I I I grew up in in cinema, like you know, just spent the entire troubles in front of a, a VHS video recorder <laughs> and renting out like parrot videos like every day, and so film was always a really big part of, you know, you know me as a like just someone who. Love music and you know so i i would buy the soundtracks is what mm-hmm. i'm saying and uh so when i started getting into making music it was uh you know i was i was very encouraged by the late andrew weatherall to to sort of forge my own path and not to be the derivative of the derivative and you know and that made me sort of question you know you know, I was just at the beginning. You know, I was a young DJ with with ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, um on how to because ultimately, like one of the things that's really benefited me is like I've always been in the music. So, like when the whole acid house generation sprung up, at a you know at an amazing record collection, you know, but and mm-hmm. uh, quite and really varied as well. So. I started going down the film route as a, as, as a form of inspiration, just digging out old John Carpenter soundtracks and, you know, um, I'd just seen in the name of the father and, you know, that had a profound effect on me, even though the riots were filmed in sheriff street.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> it's, it's my one bug with that film. <laughs> um, my mum bought me, um, uh, like a voice recorder, like a dictaphone. And I, I would go to the cinema and just sit there and sample.
1: Bits so you were these- sampling before you knew what happening was, really?
2: Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that was becoming um, apparent that that's the road that I was going down, you know. Um, and so it, it was just like a development, really. Let's Get Killed was a development of that. And rather than sort of looking through my soundtrack albums and stuff for inspiration, um, I started looking, I, I wanted to make a completely different kind of record. I wanted yeah. to completely reinvent, you know, um, what I was working on. You know, it wasn't like that. It was just like, that's what I, you know, I want to do this now, but I was so conscious as well of not kind of repeating myself, um, which a lot of artists do, you know, they they get something that works really well and that's what they do and that's what they know and that's what they work on. And um, and they developed that sound through a number of years. And there's a part of me admires that. But for me, it was kind of like, I just wanted to do something completely different. So I started looking back into all the records that I used to play when I was a young modernist. I was a mod, like hardcore mm. mod. Like, Where were you
1: playing then?
2: I was playing in the Abercorn on a Monday night. Uh, a Thursday night uh, and then um, I was playing in uh, the Delta ballroom and that was like an old disused ballroom in Donegal Street in Belfast and I uh, could get quite hurry down there at times um, but that was the club that all the freaks went to but before that, getting, staying with Let's Get Killed I was like, uh, youngest of 10 children, right, so hmm. Not only did I inherit a lot of music, but I, I you know, I was the baby and yeah. nine brothers and sisters and my mum and dad, and we, we didn't have fuck all, you know what I mean? We, we didn't have any money. Like we we're proper working class, 10 people in a three bedroom house, um, but there was always music, you know? Mm. And, uh, so anytime it was my birthday or Christmas, I just got records, you know? Yeah. And my sister worked in a record shop. And it, I had all these really amazing sort of access to music without having much money. Yeah. Without having any money, actually. So, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm seriously OCD um, about things. So, like, not compulsion, like washing your hands and all that. But when I get into something, it's like all or nothing you know so that's a good
1: thing if you're a dj you want to listen to deeply into a certain sound or anything like that you really want to go deep
2: yeah especially but i mean the internet i mean like back then all i have was record collector mm-hmm. and a couple of like fanzines from london like mod scenes like extraordinary sensations and right track which were like super hip um mod fanzines that were like you know it was deep you know, yeah, this was yeah. right back to the very first mods in London where it was like really underground and really um, specialist, and the music was all very sort of secretive and, you know, it was brought in on boats on imports and stuff. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I was collecting records, and then actually one day I walked into Good Vibrations um, and Terry Hooley. You know, I would just go into record shops and just sit and look at the records. And I, I I actually didn't have any money. So um, Terry Hooley one day just gave me this crate of seven-inch records, all original, early 60s, Rhythm and Blues, Rhythm and Soul, uh, just real obscure, like labels like Sue. Mm. And so I, I always just, great records just found me. You know what I mean? Like in my youth, like I'm only actually thinking about that now as I'm I'm talking back, but they did. I was very lucky, you know? And uh, so in the age of sampling, you know, I started digging through my mods, 45s, that that I'd had from the age of 15. And uh, so that's what I started sampling. And uh, that basically became the foundation of that record. Um, like tracks like My Mate Paul, Gritty Shaker, Freak
1: Nick. So they were all from that collection then, the, the Dynatones Yates. sample on yeah. the on Gritty Shaker.
2: Yeah, yeah. Kind so of stuff. All 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 in that all in that bundle. Yeah. So that f- start, you know, that that was like, okay, this is the album that I'm making, you know? But when it came to kind of like the voices and all the the, the live action sample stuff, um, I kind of just thought, well, you know, I've been to New York DJing with Johnny Moy and Marcus Lampkin. Um, I think and I'm not sure if Marcus was there. Maybe he was, I can't remember. But uh, Potter was there and, you know, going to New York for the first time, Hmm. for me i I think i was one of the lucky ones who sort of caught it before it became like you know nobody can even afford to live in manhattan it's that expensive yeah
1: so where were you going then when you first got there where was well where i
2: you know i was just hanging around alphabet city and saint mark's and you know the lower east side ludlow just around all these little kind of dive bars and you know like was just always like characters everywhere. So I, I kind of thought, well, you're very, you know, a, a anyone who goes there to New York or, 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 or kind of certain parts of America, you realize that people are very fucking easy to coax to talk. <laughs> you know, you can stick a microphone, ask them a question, and they'll just talk. Yeah. but You know, you're just surrounded. You know, it's the classic cliche of going to New York for the first time. It, it, you feel like you're, you know, you're seeing all your favorite films and, Says, oh my god, this shit does happen. This just isn't in films. So I just thought, you know what? I'm going to go back, and I'm going to bring a microphone and a dat player, and I'm just going to make all the sound sam- like record all the samples myself. So and 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 that's what I had done. And I was I, I had my best friends with me when I went back, and uh, we did a feature, like all, you know there was a, a it was there was I think there was a magazine. I think music magazine or music magazine with a K. Yeah. yeah, a K, yeah, yeah. Um, they were doing like a, like a story on it. And uh, so we literally dropped acid, hit the record button and just hit the streets. And, you know, it was, it was far right. It was, you know, yeah. it was, it was one of those experiences that you'll just never forget for the rest of your life. Cause it's sort of, it, you know, you you couldn't have made it up,
1: yeah, you know? so is this like one or two times you did this, or or how many times did you did you did it a couple of times there for the sources, yeah, so. Did it a
2: couple of times, you know what I mean, and then you get home and you've got all this material, and then you start kind of like playing the material off each other or sampling the foley, like the car, the traffic noise the the conversations that are going off in the background, you know the chitter chatter that's just distant to your left, and yeah, you know, at the center you've got this guy talking about you know star signs and you know what i mean so it's kind of i was building up my own little worlds
1: your world I, building yeah yeah you were really you know,
2: just so, i mean everything wasn't you know it, it was like in the most primitive way of making like a film of some sort hmm. because you know it didn't have a visual of course but i was able to kind of like mix in like foley and you know oh I needed a, like a car horn maybe there and put you know so I was like building the scene it all happened yeah. in different points yeah. but it was like taking all this footage and then creating the sort of the worlds that kind of like um i suppose you know it had to marry with the music you sure. know it it had to feel like one one story you know and that story was you know um I you know, it wasn't like at the time you're going, this is the story. It's like, I'm going to go to New York and get a load of fucking samples. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> but then you make it interesting by dropping a tab of acid, you know? And I, I remember walking through Alphabet City and it was about four or five of us and it was really dark. And we know we'd kind of like, you know, we weren't like, suddenly there's not that many people about, you yeah. know, and then of course with the with 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 the acid, which was really strong, um everybody started to get a bit nervous. She's like, don't like this, let's get let's get out of here. And and I said, I'll never forget it. And I says, fuck it, let's get killed. And then I was like, that's the name of this record. <laughs> right there. And then I just wrote it down. And then literally like three minutes away. Uh, this kind of freaked me out actually at the time because my head was like in all sorts of different sure. <laughs> places. But it, on, on spray paint on the wall, like literally just like sort of down the street, it said, don't die just yet. And I was like, and then your mind starts really going, whoa, what the fuck's going on? Let's get killed. Don't die just yet. When are we going to die? <laughs> 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 and uh, but, you know, laugh about it afterwards of course but you know that was basically the 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 you know the you know what happened and and you know some of it now is is a bit blurry because it's like how many how many years old is it
1: 26 i think now officially well i mean from since it came out so i don't know was that 96 then you were there that's nuts yeah
2: you know that's nuts because it just seemed the nineties seemed like yesterday.
1: Oh to yeah, me, this is this is age.
2: <laughs> no, I know, but it really it, it doesn't feel like, you know, in the like in the eighties, the nineteen sixties felt like they were like a different century away. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But this doesn't somehow. But um, yeah, that that that's basically the long and the short of it. And then, you know, it's about when you're. That's what I I, I love working conceptually. Because I can see like a pace starting to form, yeah, and I can see a story that's starting to unfold. And when you get to the end of it, you just hope that everyone who listens to it will just have their own little kind of mm. uh, mental wanders, you know. And um, because you know that's that's what you want, you know. But I, I mean, when you're writing a song, when I write a song. I don't really know what it's about until I finished it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And uh, Let's Get Killed was a bit like that, but it was definitely, um, and there was there was a real, like, teenage mentality as well. Like, it was just like, you know, I was right in, all those different movies yeah in my mind
1: well that's what new york is for so many people when they go especially the first few times it's such a iconic place and you're just like oh yeah i've been here before (laughs) in a way and especially down there i'm sure it was very different to me the last time i was there was uh the lower east side obviously it's fairly gentrified but still has a bit of grubbiness to it but um not quite so much anymore
2: yeah so i kind of feel that we caught it just before you had that the the Giuliani kind of transition yeah and um yeah and you know it was just one of those experiences you know I'll never forget and we got out of there alive and it was um you know and and regarding the music so like you had Rodney Yates, Gritty Shaker, My Mate Paul, um Freak Nick, all came from that box of 45s Wow! Yeah, that I've had since I was 15.
1: So you're really bringing, you know, that's your upbringing in Belfast and then um, New York experiences coming together as well. So you really are.
2: Living the dream.
1: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs)
2: Basically, (laughs) when when we were making that record, because it was just like you were living out all that. You know, like when you grow up in Belfast, I don't know what it is for you. I'm sure it's the same in any working-class city, but maybe especially Belfast because of what was going on at the time, like from the the late 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. You never really thought that things like that happened to you. You know, like I always just, you know, it's like, is this really happening? Yeah. it, It wasn't an, I didn't look at it as an opportunity. It was just I was having like a, a life experience that I never thought that I would ever have sure you know and uh, so I was kind of like had that teenage mentality so yeah walk through the streets you know
1: and did you encounter any host- hostility or anything you remember in the, in those times everyone's fairly open to you or
2: everyone you know? was really open I mean there's a few mm. like you know it, the thing about it is it's kind of like what if there was anything that was slightly hostile um it probably wasn't Mm. because we were like tripping so hard
1: and who was with you then
2: um my friend glenn Laburn and my friend paul Cadell. these are my best friends still are you know and uh glenn is a filmmaker he went on to direct good vibrations
1: yeah i've seen it great
2: and um and Paul Goodell, he's not, uh, like teaching um drama at an all girls grammar school back in 1990, whatever you know. We were all roaming the streets of the, the back streets of New York City, um, out of our minds and in LSD interviewing strangers at three in the morning.
1: <laughs> so, is that Paul? Is that Paul? My mate, Paul, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think I remember talking to Rigsy once, and he said, "He said he was a hairdresser." Is that right?
2: He was at that time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because we were just walking around one day in Belfast, and he said, "Yeah, Now
2: he's like you know, teaching, yeah, English and drama at a grammar school, all girls."
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring.
2: Was grammar school in Belfast.
1: Do you remember much about other than the, you know, the atmosphere of New York? Do you remember much about the music at that time?
2: I was on my own trip back then. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I was kind of like, you know, getting bored of kind of like nothing new was coming out of techno. And I mean, that was just one part of the nineties. You know, like I've been through like I can't kind of. I'm always searching for something new. Do you know what I mean? And
1: yeah.
2: like through the nineties, couldn't even start giving you a list, you know, cause like from like 1989, like the whole sort of Balearic thing where, you know, you were playing mid, like low mid tempo sort of trippy chuggy music that was kind of, yeah. like, you know, just as much in common with, you know guitar music so it, it, you had that whole sort of side of thing and um and going to Ibiza in 1990 and like being exposed to all this other you know flamenco and sort of Brazilian music like you know stuff that you could go wild to and you know going through all that and then you know electronic music was just changing all the time it was morphing and then it was getting you know it were getting a bit heavier and then they got harder and harder and harder and i kind of just got to a point where i just wanted to do something completely different and um through production uh and and that was let's get killed and then i was kind of DJing a bit like that at that time you know i was playing like a lot of you know because i realized like a lot of these records actually just still sound quite modern you yeah. know, in a bizarre way, you know, you play it under a really good sound system. Well, have you gone
1: back and listened to Let's Get Kill recently?
2: No, no, I haven't listened to yeah. it and probably won't ever again. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, the old track comes up, like Miami at Paul was on the radio a couple of weeks ago and that was hilarious. <laughs> I, was I just like turned to Carl and it was Miami at Paul. It was like, fuck, I mean, it actually sounded quite good. I was, Yeah,
1: you know, I mean, I think it still holds up, you know. Yeah. i mean i still think it sounds great now so i mean that's a credit to you because it's it it it, it is at that time and place but it also is still sounds really good and that's down to a lot of production
0: stuff
2: you know one foot in the past another one in the future you know it was like um because i i mean i never stopped buying electronic music but i i, I think i was just you know i was interested in in evolving as a music producer and yeah. an artist, and that was just part of the whole journey. You know what I mean? It's still like I'm still learning stuff every day. I've just finished a new album, actually. Yeah, that is coming out in November, called "Blind and a Galloping Horse," and uh, which I think is a title that completely sums up the world we're living in. Yeah. And um, That's a, is
1: that a David Holmes record? Yes. Great, great.
2: Yeah, so and I've got my goddaughter Raven singing all my songs.
1: Ah, right, Her
2: voice just sounds fucking killer. And yeah,
1: you had a single out there last year. Yeah, yeah. I realize, and yeah. We've
2: done a whole album.
1: Great, great.
2: Yeah, yeah. Good uh, for doing that.
1: Great. And yeah, like one of the things I, uh, I went to see Meet Me in the Bathroom last week, and one of the things you are credited with in that film is actually igniting something. James Murphy says that you ignited something that led to greater things in New York. You have any thoughts on that? What did you do? What did you do, David? What did you do?
2: I haven't. I haven't seen the film.
1: Well, apparently you uh, you helped inspire a lot of people. So, what was your what was your recollection of that around that I time? A
2: very very blurry memory of that whole period. I I don't remember it being, um, you know that, you know what that's a whole different interview. Yeah you know, yeah because. You know where do you start do you know what i mean where do you start you know what i mean it's like it's not something i can answer and like you know yeah second.
1: there's a particularly funny bit in, in where you said uh that james james morphy gets clearance from his therapist to to take a pill <laughs> well
2: answer. i i'm not even i can't remember saying that but you know i think that's pretty true but you the know book, yeah well we all you know me it, it didn't end well do you know what i mean but it's, yeah. it's all good, you know what I mean? Like, it's just part of life experience, you know. I, I look at, uh, you know, I had a great experience over there, and I had a really bad experience. Yeah. And, you know, it, like ultimately it was just, you know, I was just having a life experience. Yeah. And you, you go through that, and you learn, and, you know, just as as a human being, and, and you just try and sort of uh, become, you know, an improvement of yourself for yourself and no one else you know yeah. and, uh that's what i've always strived to do it's just like let's get killed like this film's crap you know i was sitting in a i was sitting in a in a hotel room with a load of friends in Amsterdam and someone like turned on the tv and it was just like full-on porn and uh you know Obviously, after the everybody really had had a good laugh, someone said, "This film's crap." Let's slice the seats. I was like, "That's the name of my first album." <laughs> you know, so they're just all experiences in life. Yeah, yeah. Um, if people are saying that I ignited something over there, um, I, I, that's that's a good way of putting it.
1: Yeah, well, it seems like maybe your eclectic taste and GJ uh, sets were partly responsible for that as well, you know. I think that's why they were driving us specifically, maybe, but uh, what James was Yeah, driving like at-
2: you know, whatever, you know. Like, I, I just do my thing and, like, I do it for me. I mean, like, I'm happy if it's made people happy and yeah. good things have happened because of it, you know. Um, we're all going through experiences like that, you know um where you just you know the stars align and things happen and you know but i just want to just move on you know and to tell you the truth i just finished my new album and i'm ready on to something else okay yeah um it's the ocd do you know what i mean (laughs)
1: And so you had it on the Unloved album as well, very recently.
2: Yeah, was a, I mean, lockdown. Had so you're
1: prolific, album. man. You're a prolific. You're a prolific, dude. Still, you're still at it, and you're still making. You're still. You're still putting on a club night as well in in oh, yeah, you, at the moment.
2: You should check out God's Waiting Room.
1: I mean, I've been to the Banana Block last year, uh, and uh, yeah, I was looking at your upcoming lineups. It looks pretty good. Like, worth checking come, out for sure. Come Devo. to the Andrews
2: one. Oh With yeah.
1: Like oh that's great. You know, you got great lineups there as well. Yeah, and it has DJ and Chase for you. Like in terms of I've, how you approach I've,
2: I've, it, I've went through like I've been, I, I've went through just like different phases with it. You know, like at the minute I'm playing dance music, like because yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Like my new album, you can dance to it. You know, not all, mm. you can, like most of the tracks. You know, it's it's quite pokey. Yeah, you know. um uh, and and I'm really enjoying the. Um, you know what I'm really enjoying I'm really enjoying record box oh
1: yeah, yeah. Well, well that's that, is that the OCD as well I mean it's just like getting into the details well, of it
2: know, all one of the reasons you know the, the main reason why that thing is so great record box is so great for me yeah, I, cool. I, I can make folders of you know yeah. what I want to play in a five hour set and I know where they all are and I know what BPM they are, and, yeah. you know, and I can then go out with a couple of memory sticks and actually with nothing planned yeah, and just, and, and just go, and I've got everything on my fingertips. And you know, another thing that's really great for that, because I'm fucking 54.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it gets any easier, like either way, when you're younger or not. <laughs> you know, it's, but
2: like, it's kind of like, you know, you don't have to carry the,
1: like, oh like, yeah. Well, look, look, yeah. There's a, there's a great thing about limitations with records for sure. When you're, when you're like, playing them out, but can we you know. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, like they're, they're everywhere, right?
1: Looking but at the I, record I collection. Little,
2: but you know, to go out and DJ, I, I, yeah. I, I can actually re like, I'm really enjoying DJing right now because a have got like, you know, nearly 40 years of experience. Yeah. And that counts for something
1: it does indeed and, yeah
2: and <laughs> uh, but to have access to it all in front of me without having to like dig for a record and all that you know it, it it's just made it so much more enjoyable and i can go on real genre yeah sets <laughs> And, and make it work really well you know yeah I mean? that
1: cataloging is great and and then i found myself just like the um, having even having a note or the notes uh listed or whatever it is the so you can play stuff that's in the same key and things like that they're that changes things as well, is a really interesting way of, of looking at things. Obviously, you wouldn't necessarily do that with vinyl unless you... But I think most DJs have an innate... If you're experienced and you're good at what you're doing, you have an innate sense of records that go together in your own head. And sometimes I found myself even selecting two tunes together and going, oh, they're about in the same key, but I didn't know that. Just like your, your brain knows it, like yeah. subconsciously. Yeah. So, yeah, no, Box is great for like just... For me, yeah, for any any tunes you're doing or any nights you're doing, you're just, you know, putting together a load of them, you're like, this will work for this night. But then sometimes you just go off in a distance and completely disregard that as well. But it's nice to... Yeah. Like preparation I, is good, I think, as well.
2: <laughs> exactly. I mean, listen, I, I actually just write the BPMs out.
1: Yeah. And,
2: you know, um, and then arrange them like that. So, uh, you know, I'll have one folder of from 60 to 80 BPM, one from 80 to 100. 100, yeah 110 you know what i mean so i'm kind of especially because i love doing like
1: i'm the same actually that's what i have i, I, I automatically do it with the intelligent playlists as well there so you don't even have to do, add them yourself which is brilliant so just a whole oh, range of them. About that
2: What's yeah that? yeah
1: well if you just put the bpm in um the metadata and then set the you can set up an intelligent playlist so it's say uh any tracks in this playlist are just between say 80 and 100, whatever. So then anytime you add a song, it will just go in there. So you don't have to manually do it. So that stuff is great. Mm -hmm. I use that a lot. Yeah. So it just saves you a bit of of time.
2: Bit of faffing about Case In
1: case you forget, which, you you know, you You might. You
2: know, I'm like sort of, you know, with DJing, it was like, it was all, you know, vinyl for so many years. And then, you know, the CDJs come out and, I'd sit and make CDs, and I thought that was a piece of piss uh, yeah. to make a CD. Um, but then I finally made the move to record box, and it's like I'm so glad I did it. it it's actually made me a better DJ yeah. because uh, you know I've got so many options at my fingertips, and I can see them all. You know, yeah, and it's easy to try things quickly. You know, and then okay, you no, know, I'll go on. I'll, that's not working. You know, so it, it's 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 definitely made it much more relaxed. In in sense of like, you know, mm. rush digging
1: looking for a fucking tune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where <Or> is it? <laughs> unless it, unless it's like something like an edit, and you can't remember the name of it, and you're like, oh god, I can hear it in my head. That's the worst part. That's the worst thing. When you're like, I know what it is. I just can't remember the title of it because it's some mad yeah, edit. The CDs now. had like
2: kind of the thing about it, we consume so much music as well. Yeah, that, that it, it's 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 kind of like difficult. To actually um, just remember things, you know, even though I can look at them, I know exactly what it is. But trying to contain it all, yeah, you, you know. And uh, when I was doing CDs, I recognised them because I'd written it down by hand. And yeah, uh, yeah now it's it, it's kind of it, it's it, it can be quite overwhelming, hmm. the amount of amazing music that's out there, you know.
1: Yeah, but that's the fun part about it, you know. It's a uh, going back, even you crate digging in your own collection as well. You know, like whether that be virtual or, uh, or or physical as well. It's really one of my well, favorite I, things. I was time. actually
2: upstairs, uh, up in my loft, like the '90s is up in my loft, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's funny because you forget a, lo- a lot. You, for- you forget so much. It's amazing how I, when you actually see the record again it completely, it triggers other memories. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that other memories that were like buried deep and that is your little, your conduit to actually sort of unlocking those memories. And, uh, that was really interesting. That made yeah. me think twice about getting rid of stuff, you know, cause I, right, I, uh, I could look at it and have a memory to share with it, you know, or a certain yeah. night people caught the mean angle. Remember that night? And I was going, Nope. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, uh, was it Andrew used to say? If you remember the nineties, you weren't there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, you remember some of the nineties, and you're going to be talking a bit more about it on Sunday at uh, Guinness Storehouse uh, with John Kelly and and I presume you know Billy Scurry pretty well. I do. Yeah, have to. Yeah, we, we, absolutely. We you must have a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dublin uh, and Belfast. A beautiful, man. A beautiful yeah. man. And he's still still a great DJ. So oh you're God. you're yeah. going to play on Sunday yeah. as well, are you? I am, yeah. You know, what you have anything in mind, you know what you're playing in light of the conversation we just had?
2: I'll bring my, little, my latest memory sticks. Lovely. But it won't be around Let's Get Killed. I couldn't do yeah. that. No, no, fair enough, fair enough. You know, it's like, uh, here's a lot of good music that I, I've been liking lately. Do you Great. like it?
1: Well, listen, Dave, thanks so much for your time. And uh, Thank you for thanks for reminiscing thanks. with me about Let's Get Killed a little bit. And best looking future. Looking forward to hearing new David Holmes album and check out your DJ sets soon. Thank you so much, man. All right. Thanks, Emil. All right. Thanks, Emil. Special thanks to Michael, Aileen, and David for making that happen, and David Holmes himself for participating in our chat about a classic album Let's Get Killed. It's patreon.com forward slash 909 if you enjoy what we do here. I want to show your support from a five or a month. You get access to Discord, our Discord community, people having a chat about music. It's a nice place to be, patreon.com, 4 slash 9 or 9. I'll be back next week with special guest Dave Hanratty from No Encore Podcast. We're going to be talking about Meet Me in the Bathroom, one of the films we just mentioned there, which David has mentioned in. That is the film about New York music from the early 2000s, including the likes of LCD Sound System, Yeah Yeah Yeahs, The Strokes, and more. So I'll come back for that on our next episode. This is the 909 Podcast.